0: We welcome you to The Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. Our allegiance, our servitude, our ministry to the gospel. We serve the gospel. Can we say that together? Yeah. We serve the gospel. We are servants of the gospel. We are servants of the gospel. If we love, we love the gospel in people. The workings of the gospel in people. Jesus was all about the gospel. John 9 and 4. Walk the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Acts 10.38, we know that scripture. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Matthew 4.23. And Jesus went about all Galilee. went about where? All All Galilee. Teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Somebody say the gospel of the kingdom. And healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. All kinds. Matthew 9.35. Jesus was all about the gospel. Matthew 9.35. Earlier on we saw him going about all Galilee, right? Yeah. Here it says Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Teaching in their synagogues. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Mark one twenty one. Then they went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. So what took him to Capernaum? Teaching, the message, the gospel. Immediately he entered the synagogue and taught. Luke 4, 43 to 44. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. Because for this purpose, I have been sent. Next verse, 44. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. 43 in the TPT. But Jesus said, Don't you know there are other places I must go to and offer them the hope found in God's kingdom realm? This is what I have been sent to do. Luke 8 and 1. Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing The glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him and then the woman who paid his way. Right? So Jesus was all about the gospel. In the course of the gospel, he healed the sick. In the course of the kingdom message, he healed the sick. He wasn't sent to feed the 5,000. But in the course of the message, in the course of the gospel, he fed people and um, himself jesus believed in food amen jesus did not joke with food (laughs) jesus was known for eating and drinking matthew come let's go to your house today we are eating at your house levi it's your turn we're eating at your house tax collector hello there's always people that had money and didn't have salvation. Zacchaeus, I can see you in the tree. Come down today. Salvation has come. What was salvation? Jesus was coming to eat. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. What did Jesus always go there to do? Eat. Matthew eleven eighteen. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came how? And they say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. So which one, who is going to win? Let's see how the TPT puts this. I'm sure it will be interesting. Yet when the Son of Man came and went to feasts and drank wine. And wine is not ever. It's not pure heaven. Do you understand? Mm -mm. It's wine that was getting the church drunk. Look, you said, look at this man. He's nothing but a glutton and a drunkard. Chivita doesn't get you drunk. So it's not Chivita Jesus was drinking. They would not have called him a drunkard. Religious people now were looking for where to hide their face. Looking for where to hide their face. They wonder how they can remove this verse from the Bible. Delete it. You come into my house. You see 10 cartons. Or packs of chivita, pineapple and coconut, would you ever have the, the temerity to say I'm drunk? I mean the worst you say, sir, only you or card if you see like ten bottles of water, ever water, on my table with lime. But by the time you enter and see four or three green bottles or brown bottles, or transparent bottles, even my speaking in tongues at that point, she was suspected. Yes. So when he says, the son of man came eating and drinking, be guided. Yes. Was his assignment eating and drinking? No, I've just shown you from multiple scriptures. He came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. In the course of it, he ate, drank and fed them food and drink. Let me show you guys something. I was going to say something and the scripture dropped in my head. The problem with us is that when we enjoy a benefit or a byproduct of the gospel, you want to camp there and make it your reality. You are foolish to choose a local church because they gave you house rent. Oh, I have to be loyal to Pav. And I I didn't have a phone. He gave me a phone. That's why you chose to stay. You are very stupid. It is the gospel you are allegiant to. Anybody can give you a phone. We have confused. I've said it. A lot of Christians don't like when I say this thing. We think missions is when we gather and distribute shoes in a village. You are just being a philanthropist. Corporate social responsibility. And most of what we are saying is missions. Does not have the mission. You can build a borehole and say, "Oh, we show them the love of God until they see Christ. In the course of the gospel, he healed the sick. In the course of the gospel, he fed the multitude. In the course of the gospel, he worked miracles. Right? In the course of the gospel, he cast out demons. In fact, when he sent out the 70, two by two, They came back and they said, rejoice master. Even the demons were subject to us in your name. He says, do not rejoice because demons were subject to your name. Rejoice because your name, your own name is written in heaven. He pointed them back to the message. Rejoice because you are partakers of the gospel, not because demons answered you. What has what have Christians done? Built an entire ministry around the casting of demons. The very thing Jesus warned his disciples, do not rejoice over. So and so and so deliverance ministry international. You do program, three days program, it is finished. Featuring deliverance, featuring fruit of the womb. Inside the featuring, you will now add stance, salvation. That's how I know not to take you serious. You are a blind man leading the blind. Featuring salvation, featuring healing the sick, featuring guest artists. You do a program featuring salvation. Paul said to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 15, that when thou was a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, that's able to make you wise unto salvation. And that from childhood thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto what? So what is the essence of the Holy Scriptures? Wisdom for salvation. How How does the CPT put this? Remember what you were taught from your childhood from the Holy Scrolls which can impart to you wisdom to experience everlasting life through the faith of Jesus. That's even more beautiful. So what is the thrust of the scriptures? Christ. Salvation. He's not the feature. He's not your church featuring Jesus. Your program featuring the finished work. Featuring salvation. salvation containing everything else are you here now salvation containing everything else so you encounter something small you say oh the way they hugged me here was nice let me stay you're not wise because what you're saying is if you encounter truth without a hug you won't stay are you guys hearing me By choosing a place on account of a hog. That's what you have just proved. Oh, they they, they made me feel so welcome. So if you go to a place where the pastor doesn't smile, but is showing you Christ, you revolt. So you must be careful to not major on the minors. Such that you now minor on the majors. Am I saying there's anything wrong with a smile? Absolutely not. Am I saying there's anything wrong with the hog and a nice uh, show of hospitality? No, there's nothing wrong with that. We advocate that. But that's not ministry. That happens along the course of ministry. Are you getting this now? Jesus fed them in John chapter 6 five loaves of bread and two fish, right? Dismissed the people, crossed over to the other side. For peace and quiet. But the following day, verse 22, people who ate bread and fish the day before now showed up the following day expecting bread and fish. Why? Because yesterday in the crusade there was bread and fish on the menu. So the following day, when the people were standing on the other side of the sea and saw that there was no other boat except the one which Jesus and his disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where so they went to the place where they ate bread yesterday. See what happens in 24. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there so they first went to go and look for him where they ate bread yesterday. Are you seeing this now? When they saw that he was not there nor his disciples they also got into boats and came to Capernaum doing what? Seeking Jesus. And Jesus, when they found him on the other side, they said, Rabbi, when did you come here? Because please, we went to look for you where you fed us yesterday. You were not there. See 26, please. And please switch to TPT in verse 26. Jesus replied, let me make this very clear. You came looking for me. Because I fed you by miracle, not because you believe in me. Lest you say, eh, said, and a lot of people are in churches, not because of the word, but because of the convenience. They received me well there. They hugged me well there. I could wear whatever I like to go there. And there's no problem with that. We're not intimidated by what you wear. But if that's why you're here, because you can wear whatever you like, you are lost. Can you wear whatever you like? Knock yourself out. That's your problem. But if that's why you are in a place, because, oh, I don't need to dress up to go. I can just wear anything I like. You're already lost. Oh, they don't, they don't tell you what to wear. You can just, yes, it's true. But you have just showed in your heart why you are coming. And Jesus told them, he said, put, put up the message, 26. Jesus answered, you've come looking for me not because you saw God in my actions, but because I fed you filled your stomachs and for free can you guys see it now so is anything wrong with jesus feeding the five thousand no but that you make that the focal point for your engagement is where the foolishness lies inside the gospel if there's food praise god inside the gospel if there's family and fun which there should be hallelujah if inside the gospel the music is good well praise god but not everybody who preaches the gospel would have capacity for good music and not everybody conversely who has capacity for good music has mastery of the gospel not everybody who is preaching the gospel can afford to put gear together some people might not even see it as necessary on the other hand the person that has all the lights and all the stage and all the monitors LED screens well, that does not mean that they have mastery of the gospel. Yes, so they came again following Jesus because of what they got. Next verse. Don't waste your energy striving for perishable food like that. Walk for the food that sticks with you. Food that nourishes your lasting life. Food the Son of Man provides. Look at this carefully. Who fed them five loaves and two fish? Stay here in 27. Go back to New King James. Do not labor for the food which perishes. But for the food which endures to everlasting life. Which the Son of Man will give you. Please don't miss this statement. Who gave them bread and fish? But he's telling them now, the food which the Son of Man will give you. So Jesus didn't count bread and fish as what he gave them. Who fed them loaves and fish? Put up in the T.P.T. Why would you strive for food that is perishable and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life which never spoils? I, the Son of Man, am ready to give you what matters most. But they came for what he gave them. But that wasn't what he came to give them. They gathered the next day. No boats. They entered boats crossed the river. Following bread and fish. Which is exactly what religious Christianity is doing today. And that's what fuels the poverty deprivation mentality. People keep coming hoping for what they are going to give us. So when a program is going to be held. The program has to promise to give you something. Have you noticed? Your life will not remain the same. Sicknesses will be healed. and Marital issues will be solved. And the demonic problems will be delivered. Blah, 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 blah. Joblessness. The program advertises or markets certain things. Or else you won't come. It is for this purpose that we put the face of people on flyer. For yes, what? Sir. Yes, sir. Guest pastor. Chief host. I've said over and over that your face on the flyer should do what because you are now giving people an email. to pick the flyer and say, okay this face is cute this face is nice and then you say, people come for problems. what kinds of events okay i've seen his face is he tall is he big how does he talk is he fast his name sound all english Ingo get accent i been go get accent we have already distracted the people from the object of ministry we have We have to be so lost in Christ that if you're looking for us, you see him. You end up seeing him. You end up encountering him. That's how much of him we ought to be. Because people will come for what you offered. Jesus tells them, he said, "You, you came for bread. I wish I had time to unpack this. Because this is what John 6 is what eventually leads to him now starting to give them the real bread. And guess what? Sad story when he gave them the real bread, they left John 6, it ends in 66, but go from like 61. Same chapter 6. I'm, just, I'm saying so you understand the backdrop of I am the bread of life, the backdrop of your, your Moses, your fathers, ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. All of this, Jesus began to teach them about living bread because of what happened at the feeding of the five thousand and them coming back to now look for more bread. Then he realized, I have to set your record straight. So without anyone telling him, Jesus knew they were go on, were outraged and told them, Are you offended over my teaching? Number first. What will you do when you see the Son of Man ascending into the realm from which he came? Keep going. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives life. That which of the natural realm is of no help. The words I speak to you are spirit and life. But there are still some of you who won't believe. 64. In fact, Jesus already knew from the beginning who the skeptics were and who his traitor will be. 65. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one embraces me unless the Father has given you to me. And from that time on many of the disciples turned their backs on jesus disciples disciples followers turned their backs on jesus he actually dished his assignment they refused it when he dished the benefit the byproduct they received it with joy and wanted more if we announce here in Christ's experience, that at 12.30 every Sunday, lunch will be served before Christ's experience. By 12 o'clock, this place will be full. First floor, downstairs and outside will be full. And people will go and publish the word and say, Oh, see that path? is a great man of God. He's doing great things for the kingdom. Why? He fed people stupid. Are you saying it's wrong to feed people in church? If you heard that, you need your mind to be renewed. You have an English comprehension problem. You do. Because if all I've been speaking didn't make that clear, then it's clear your English teacher did a bad job. Are you saying it's wrong to eat people, to eat, to eat food in church? for people? To eat? No. no it, that, where did you hear that from? We're saying that's not the ministry. Jesus fed people and they left him. Jesus. Jesus. So what are you saying? It's in the course of the gospel that Jesus did what he did. When he reads Isaiah, when he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. To, in other words, preach the gospel to the poor is setting the captives free. Is declaring the acceptability of the Lord. Is to bind those, up to, those who are wounded. All of that is in the preaching of the gospel. Are you following me? None of this were the ministry. In the course of his ministry, they sang Jesus, Matthew 26. They sang. But singing was not the ministry. Music ministry. <laughs> a music minister. Go, go back a verse earlier. So just when Jesus gave them the cup and the, the bread. He says, the next time we drink this, I will be with you and we will drink it together. With a new understanding in the kingdom realm of my father. Verse 30. Then they sang a psalm. That's where I am today. <laughs> Jesus and the disciples sang a psalm. But he did not build his ministry around singing. So Jesus could sing. And sang a sang. Jesus was a psalmist. Hebrews chapter 2 from verse 10 but it was fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings for both he who sanctifies as God Jesus and who are being sanctified are all of one for which reason he Jesus is not ashamed to call them us Adelphos brethren saying who is saying Jesus what's Jesus saying I will declare your name, God's name, to my brethren, us. In the midst of the assembly, I, Jesus, will. So who is our chief worship leader? Oh, Pav, how do you manage to be singing and playing keyboard? When you are still pastor, my elder brother was a singer of praise and worship. And he was not ashamed. He said, I am not ashamed to declare your name among them. So when we gather and sing through the Holy Spirit, who is declaring the praise of God? Jesus, through us, in his spirit, by his spirit. That's what it means to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Because it's the spirit of the Son, Galatians 4, 6, that is on your inside. Crying Abba. So when you you praise and worship, who is worshiping God? Jesus. Put Hebrews 2 back in the TPT. 11, it just go straight to 11. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he, Jesus, said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I, Jesus, will praise you among your assembled people. Who is praising the father? Jesus. Among us, how inside us?
1: So, when we sing, who
0: sings? Jesus by his spirit, the spirit of his son, who is the son, Jesus. So, singing outside ministry, ministry being the gospel is nonsense. I'm a music minister, I'm a gospel minister, I'm ministering. He sang. They sing. But that wasn't the ministry. He, his ministry was what? The gospel. As necessary, using music. Where necessary. I, mean, I, cannot, I cannot teach the gospel. I can only play bass. No, sir. bass does not win anybody to Christ. I will play my drums. I will play my drums. They will be moved. <laughs> When I sing my voice, Florence Nightingale, ooh, I, we, we. because it is the hearing of the message of the gospel that brings salvation. And for that, there is no substitute. So nobody can say, I do not have to practice the gospel. None of these things were ministry. The gospel is the ministry. Christ and his kingdom. That's ministry. Facilitated in the hearts of men in the earth. That's ministry. Can we proceed? I said I'll show you two things. Let me do that now. I've shown you what ministry is. I've shown you how Jesus was about the ministry. The ministry was about the gospel. None of the byproducts were regarded as the gospel. The gospel is the ministry. The gospel and its attendant expressions. Remember that? Now, in the ministry of Jesus, which was the execution of the gospel, his ministry was effective in its result and it was efficient in delivery. What does it mean for something to be effective? To achieve the desired result. Right? His ministry was effective in its result. John 8 and 30. And that's why we are imitating. Our allegiance and servitude must be to the gospel not to the byproducts of the gospel. And if we are following the gospel as Jesus did, then our ministry must also be backed with effectiveness and efficiency. John 8 and 30. As he spoke these words, he says the words that I speak to you, Matthew 5, Matthew 6 rather, they are spirit and they are life. Right? So when he spoke words, what did he speak? Life. Right? He sent forth his word and he healed them and delivered them. Does that that make sense? His word doesn't return to him void, but accomplishes that for which he was sent. The word was in the beginning with God. All things were made by the word. By faith we understand that the words were framed by the words of God. So when he speaks, life happens. Right? So when he spoke these words, those words were the entire mind of God for creation. The salvation of souls. When he spoke these words, what happened? Many believed. So the... Hearing of the gospel was the provocation of faith. So when he spoke life, there was effectiveness because there was result. Are you hearing me now? People believed. We can believe now because people believed before us. Paul calls them the first fruits or the first partakers of the message. Does that make sense? There's a track record of people before us who have believed this message. And handed us the same. John 10.40. I need 40, 40 through 42. And he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first. And there he stayed to 41. Then many came to him and said, John performed no sign. But all the things that John spoke about this man were true. John did not work any miracle. But we, we have tested and proven and realized that everything John said about this guy is true. Even though John himself disbelieved it. Imagine John saying, "Are you the Messiah, should we look for another? Many believed in him there. So we see effectiveness of the message resulting in the believing of many. Talk to me now. The gospel is effective. It, it does something gimmicks cannot produce. <laughs> Do you understand? It, the lasting reach of what the gospel does. Gimmicks cannot sustain it. Can't sustain it. it. Cannot sustain it. Because if it's the gospel, it's life. And life is effective. There's efficacy in the words of life. Somebody said the, the gospel is effective. It is effective. The gospel is also efficient. In other words, we are not wishy-washy just because we are doing gospel. Yeah. The gospel is deliberate in its delivery. Yes, Do you understand that? Yes, his ministry was efficient in delivery. Jesus was strategic. Yeah. It wasn't random. Yeah. Let me show you a, a, a narrative in a way you've probably never seen before in Luke chapter nine. The same feeding of this 5,000. Remember he fed 5,000 men besides women and children. Okay, It wasn't 5,000 people he fed. They didn't count the women and children. And children in the Jewish culture was anyone who was under marriageable age. Right? Anyone under marriageable age. A man, according to the Jew, was one who was ready to and therefore being responsible for a household. Make sense? Yes, sir. Yeah. For his own household. So, 5,000 men potentially could mean 5,000 heads of households. Besides the women and children that make up those households. Backdrop. Luke chapter 9. I want to pick it from 11. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. Twelve, when the day was beginning to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, send the multitudes away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions for we are in a deserted place here. But Jesus said to them in his compassion, you, give them something to eat. Disciples did the logical thing. Send them away now, lest they become our problem. Jesus said, you, you feed them. (laughs) And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. Verse 11. But when the, but when the what? But when the, so 5,000 men was not the multitudes. Multitudes follow, but we numbered the men. The men were 5,000. The men in the multitude. The 5,000. Do you understand that now? And then Jesus says in verse 14. For there were 5,000 men. He says to his disciples. Make them sit down in groups of 50. Why? 50 men. Most likely, according to Jewish culture. 50 heads of households. If we try and feed all this multitude at once, it will be a cacophony of confusion. Put all the heads of families in fifties. Give them the food. Each man will give his family. Sit them down in groups of fifty. So in every group of fifty, had fifty men. Not fifty of the multitude. Because this same verse, how does the verse start? It's not a different verse. It's in the verse that says there were five thousand men, that says sit them in fifties. Sit the men yes. in fifties. Does that make sense? Yes, so each group of fifty, that's a hundred groups, right? Yeah. Of fifty men receiving food guarantees that each household represented by that man gets the food. Because Jesus thinks 20,000 people minimum, 12 disciples, man, it's going to be long. So put them in groups of 50 men, give to them, and each one will sort out his household. What does that quickly show us? Efficiency. Yes, he could have tried to use anointing or arrange it like we do in church. Everybody come around. And sometimes it's fun when you see some churches where they clash. Because we didn't arrange it well. These we are coming from here. They meet another group coming from here. We don't know where to turn in from. Have you experienced that before? Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. But the gospel, the ministry is also known for efficiency in delivery. I'll show you two more examples. And these are... Uh, uh, whew, Holy Spirit. Are you getting this? Yes, sir. Luke chapter 5. I love efficiency in the ministry of the gospel. Because I see that from my elder brother. Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Nazareth and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats which was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Why? Why? verse 1. So it was as the multitudes pressed about him. Give us the tippity. On one occasion, Jesus was preaching to the crowds on the shore of Lake Galilee. There was a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to Jesus. To do what? Yeah. So what was the subject of discussion? People pay plenty. They wanted to hear. So there was a hearing problem. This is how we read scripture. Yeah? So what the subject of discussion is people are plenty wanting to hear. They can't hear. Okay, next verse. He noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge. Asked him, let me use your boat. Push it off a short distance away from the shore into the water. So I can speak to the crowds. Verse 4. Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. Matthew 13. You see another one. Matthew 13, 1 and 2. (laughs) Jesus was the master acoustician. Master audio engineer the first so you see when we take audio seriously I've not done audio yet you wait I'm I'm not talking volume, I'm talking efficiency I'm talking dispersion my elder brother was the master audio engineer later that day Jesus left the house and sat by the lake shore to teach the people soon there were so many people surrounding him that he had to teach sitting in a boat while the large crowd stood on the shore Why? Basic physics will teach you the principle of the ripple effect on still waters. Basic physics will explain to you that the air just over water is slightly cooler than the air above it and therefore molecularizes at it. Because where waves come in, there's a Doppler effect that cancels out and discolors the frequency of the sound traveling from source to destination. But over still water that travel is slower and therefore more directional. Yes, Basic physics. Basic physics. You don't understand what it means when it says Christ became for you the wisdom of God. There's some feeling you will never fail in your life. Once you understand that this is the so force, the Logos, the embodiment of God being wise, is inside you now. Now, there's nothing that you will apply that wisdom of God to and fail, whatever it is engineering, forex, trading, you know, marketing, medicine, pharmacy. Nothing that the Son of God should fail in. It's not a prayer point. Nothing, how can you be in an exam that is being judged on merit and a heathen gets better grades than you? How, where were you? Where was the Holy Spirit in you? Where do you put him? Well, a lot of us are too lazy to engage. We're too lazy to engage the reality of Christ on your inside. He he said, put in a boat. Lift out a little bit. All he needed was a few meters. As little as 20 meters. And everybody, the, the... Flat nature of the waters ensure that that little ripple takes the sound in multiple directions at the same level of dispersion. Yeah, yeah. So somebody listening from a 100 meters away. In fact, an archaeologist actually carried out a, a, an experiment a, few, a couple of decades ago in, in Capernaum where they, they put a rock about 30 meters into the Sea of Galilee from the shore. Yeah, there's a rock there, about at about twenty meters, and they put a rock there, and, they st- and somebody sat there to speak. And if you have, okay, um, you've not been to have not been to Israel. But the Capernaum road actually dip, the Capernaum area is like little cliffs that dip down to the shore. Does that make sense? It's not just the road, and it dips down to the shore. So the road going up across Capernaum actually overlooks the Sea of Galilee. Does that make sense? So in that, in that, um experiment somebody stood there and just was speaking at a loud voice at about 78 or 79 decibels audio is measured in decibels or about 79 decibels of, of of speech and somebody going past in a car on the road to Capernaum could hear clearly at 120 meters away what was being said 20 meters into the sea of galilee on that rock thus proving by archaeology that jesus understood physics Documented research. Jesus was a master physicist. He just looks at it. How is he going to hear? Now, I created all this. I understand the permutations. I, I created this. And so I pull out. He was efficient. He didn't go, anybody that cannot hear, that's their problem. I might want to say, you come late. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey. So when I go to a meeting, I'm, caref- I'm careful. If you can't hear, what are we here doing? Oh, you know here, so-called reformers, or new age, new creation, relaxes people. Hey, the gospel does not need microphone. You lie. Why is it called a public address system? Because it's not for private use. Where the public is gathered, an address system for them has to be put in place. Oh, we will just clap and worship God. You will stay at that level for the rest of your life. There's a level of amplification your message will never receive. Do you know what I said? There's a level of amplification your message will never receive. Because you have denied yourself of a level of efficiency in ministry. Why will Paul say to them, when you gather on the first Sunday of the week, he wasn't telling them to gather on the first Sunday of the week, the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. He wasn't telling them to gather. He says, I've identified that it is convenient for you. Because he cannot have said in Romans 14, any day is fine. And then now, come and be saying you should gather on a particular day does that make sense so he was more or less identifying or acknowledging that the corinthian church chose to gather on the first sunday of the first day of the week and he says so when you gather collect the offerings so that i can just collect the monies you have put on my way to jerusalem what was he speaking from a standpoint of efficiency efficiency so you come and say well then the church today does not need account the church today you know if you, re- if you register the church today it's not the church of god you are a baby you can't the church how do you want to operate because if they had banks then and apps and and, and alerts and transfers and uss the poor would have told them Log in, gather the money transfer it into the church account so as soon as i come it can just pass on to me as i'm going to jerusalem in fact I, the, the less cash i can carry the better why i eat up to jerusalem i'm going to meet it there that would have been the balance paul would have used where he operating in our day but in the absence of that, he says, gather the monies already. When I come, the monies are put together and I can head on to Jerusalem. What was that? Efficiency. In delivery. The same Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. How is it that everybody gathers and everybody speaking in tongues at the same time? Everybody's professing at the same time. Everybody's giving word of knowledge at the same time. says it's not working, God is not the author of confusion. 1 Corinthians 14. So in verse 40 of 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14, 40, he says, Therefore, let all things be done decently and in Order. What is he teaching them there? Efficiency. King James says, let all things be done decently and in order. What is that? Efficiency in delivery. You have Holy Spirit, we know. Let there be order. You are anointed, we know. Let it be decent. Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. He advocates efficiency. If we rehearse something and we're going to sing it, we have to sing what we rehearsed. You can't come and change what we have because only you were led astray. Sorry, by the Spirit. (laughs) It is not efficiency. Let all things be done decently and in order. Order doesn't challenge the Spirit. Order actually facilitates the Spirit. Are you here? It facilitates the Spirit. Matthew 5, one last example about efficiency. Is anybody getting this instruction? Matthew chapter 5 from verse 1. Okay, Matthew 5, are we there? Verse one. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Next verse. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, the Beatitudes followed. That's why that place, that Matthew 5, is popularly referred to as what? The Sermon on the Mount. Why did he go on the Mount to teach them? Sound travel. Efficiency. So inefficiency is not a fruit of the Spirit. (laughs) Sloppy delivery is not a gift of the Spirit. I've said over and over the gospel of Christ Jesus is not threatened by excellence. The, because you see, people have actually painted this picture that if it's the gospel of Jesus, it must be very pious, it must be very dry, you don't need light, you don't need TV, you know, people should just you know just be there's efficiency in ministry, sir. And we learned it from the pattern Jesus. You didn't see it, read again. It again. Inefficiency is not a gift of the Spirit. It doesn't glorify the Father. It doesn't. It doesn't glorify the Father. On the contrary, the gospel ministry is ratified. It is, it, is, it is helped. It is facilitated by efficient service delivery. Is that the gospel? No. Is it inside the gospel? Yes. You get that? Let me try and wrap this up. Have you gotten this? The ministry is effective. The ministry is efficient. The ministry of Jesus came from love. Romans 5.8, God commend his love towards us. In that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. So ministry is born out of love, right? The love of Jesus cost him to give his all. I've taught this in the Christ conscious believer as a lover, right? The love of Jesus cost him to give his all. First Timothy 2.5 and 6, put that up. For there's one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, verse 6, who gave himself, he gave himself as a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Titus 2.14, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. 1 John 3.16, because he laid down his life for us. That's love. And it goes on to say, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. and this doesn't mean kill yourself for the brethren. TPT. Because me, I'm not going to die for you. This is how we have discovered love's reality. I would die for him, you know what? But he died for me. I mean, this is how we discovered <laughs> love's reality. Jesus sacrificed his life for us. Because of this great love, we should be willing to lay down our lives for one another. And that's, that's within the context of service. Yeah? Not in the context of salvation. Because your dying cannot save anybody. Yeah, The message. So let's let's rightly divide the word of truth. This is how we've come to understand and experience Christ's love. Christ sacrificed for us. This is why we ought to leave. L-I-V-E. Can you see that? Sacrificially for our fellow believers. And not just be out for ourselves. Does that make sense? Am I teaching you correctly? So it's in the context of service. In the context of ministry. Not in the context of dying to save somebody. That sacrifice was once and for all. Make sense? Romans 8.32 If he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not along with him freely give us all things? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and expose himself to the worst by sending us his own son. That's the point I'm making. He gave all. Ephesians 5 and 2. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering. So, the love of Jesus, which is what inspires ministry, caused him to give his all. It is the giving of his all that led him to the cross. Talk to me, guys. The cross brought about our reconciliation. Hmm? He gets in the journey. Our reconciliation brought us into sonship. How is sonship ratified or certified or authenticated by the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit coming upon us. Coming upon the first disciples in Acts 2. And the coming of the Holy with the apostles as the first partakers. birth of the church and then the apostles continued the pattern of Jesus in the early church. They preached and taught Jesus everywhere. Right? Timothy 1.12. I'm just trying to wrap this up. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.12. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, I love this text, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Diconia. You get it? Jesus walked in love. Love was the ministry. Love led him to give his all. His all led him to the cross. His cross brought about our reconciliation. His reconciliation brought us into sonship. Sonship is authenticated by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brought about the beginning of the church in the early apostles. And the apostles arrived to continue what Jesus started. So Paul says, he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. I love it. Putting me into the ministry. Acts 20, 24. Just a few examples. Acts 20, 24. It says, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life there to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy, and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the grace of God. What did Paul call the ministry? Testifying to the grace of God. So you see why I said ministry is the gospel. What is ministry? Testifying to the gospel of the grace of God. That's the ministry the apostles inherited. That's how you know a ministry from Christ Jesus. It testifies to the gospel of the grace of God, not condemnation. Do you get it? They preached this and taught everywhere, at every opportunity, the apostles. If you read the book of Acts, it's the book of the Acts of the apostles. And does that make sense? Duh. Yeah. So if you (laughs) you read the book of Acts, you read the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Everywhere they went, they preached and taught the gospel of our Lord Jesus. The gospel of the grace of God. Because like you saw on Friday, that is ministry. Ministry is the gospel. Ministry is to the gospel. They started off, I dealt with this on Friday. They served food along with preaching and teaching. Just like Jesus. They didn't start off by appointing people to do what they were able to do. Or what they felt too big to do. You don't start ministry and hope that that first day somebody will come and sweep. That's that's the wrong mindset. Somebody will come and carry your Bible. Son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. We saw that on Friday. So, the pattern we are given is that these guys served as they followed the pattern they received. We, like the early church believers, we continue in the same vein. We have the same ministry. Our ministry hasn't changed. Romans 12, 7. And I'm done. Romans 12, 7. Tell anybody our ministry hasn't changed. So you see where Paul is co- calling the gift. He says, "Or oh, ministry. If anyone's gift is ministry, let us use what? Ministry. In our ministry. <laughs> and teaching? Teach. See verse 13. Same chapter. Just go to verse 13. Distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. We dealt with this when we talked about the Christ, Christ as is, is a lover, right? Ministry. See that there. Who has it? What does it say? Therefore. Who has this ministry? We. We are ministers of the New Testament. What ministry is this? Yes, yes. But how do you know the answer to this? From how I've taught you in this house. If chapter 4 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, I've taught you where you see the word therefore. You go back to find out what the word therefore is there for. And then chapter 3 will explain to you two different ministries. Previous chapter. That's where he has ministry of death. Chapter 3, verse 7. Ministry of condemnation. And then ministry of the Spirit, which is the ministry of reconciliation. Are you following? That's why I told you, don't be limited by chapter and verse. This was a very good example. So now it's in chapter 4, verse 1. It says, therefore, since we have received this ministry. What is this ministry? The ministry of life. The ministry of the Spirit. The ministry of reconciliation. Which is all the ministry of the gospel. So yes, you were right, but you didn't show your walking. Yeah. But he was right there. Just just back up. Therefore, what is therefore therefore? And the answer is in chapter three. It's one conversation. So most times we ask questions, and you have the answer. You just didn't search. Just didn't search. Just back up a little bit. The ministry is explained in chapter three. So now we have this ministry. As we have go on, received mercy, we do not lose heart. This is the same conversation that continues into chapter five and brings us to verse eighteen. Chapter five. Can you see one conversation, one letter? Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of. Are you getting instructed? Same conversation, ministry. That ministry they had and this ministry that we now have. So we have received the ministry of reconciliation. Which is, 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing their trespasses to them. So we don't also come and impute people's trespasses to them. That is not our ministry. Will trespasses exist? Yes. Is it up to us to impute it to them? No! Because that's not what we have received. We have received a glorious ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have received a good news ministry. We have received a reconciliation ministry. We have received a life ministry. We have received a spirit ministry. Not a condemnation ministry. Not a death ministry. Not an imputation of sin, ministry. God has not imputed their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation, the gospel. That's our ministry. Do you understand it now? I'll show you a few more scriptures just to drive the point home. Ephesians 4:12. He gave them gifts for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying. Of the body of Christ second Timothy 4 5 thank you father be watchful in all things Paul is telling Timothy and by and by extension us be watchful in all things endure afflictions do the work of an evangelist fulfill Malagozi Baha. I fulfill my ministry I fulfill my ministry the gospel will not be lacking in my mouth The gospel will not be lacking in my life. The gospel will not be lacking in my actions, in my thoughts, in my engagements. I fulfill my ministry. I'm an advocate of the gospel of Jesus. I'm an advocate of the ministry of reconciliation. I minister like Jesus ministered. I get effective results like Jesus got. I'm efficient in my delivery as Jesus was. I fulfill my ministry. Hallelujah. Colossians 4.17 Say to Akipos, say to Alexander, say to what abiding house, say to everyone who is watching, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. Kai, that's a powerful verse. T.P.T. Be sure you give what abiding house this message. Be faithful to... To complete the ministry you receive from our Lord Jesus. See, we, so, so guess who ordained us? Jesus. Yes, That's why I don't use ordination. <laughs> what, what did he say? Separate for me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work which I have com- called them to do. So what did the church do? Separate. Commission people that God called. Who ordained them? God. What did the church do? Commission people that God has ordained. church doesn't ordain. Because they take heed to the ministry that you received from the Lord. He is the giver of ministry because he is the origin of ministry. Only he who originated it can give it. In the course of this ministry, we love. In the course of this ministry, we give. In the course of this ministry, we walk miracles. In the course of this ministry, we have fellowship. Hugging, family, fun. In the course of this ministry, we pray. We're not called to pray. We pray inside the calling. XYZ Prayer Ministry International. We are not called to pray. We pray inside the call. Just as we are not called to serve people food and pay people school fees. Where God allows the graciousness for that to happen, it happens inside the gospel. Not as the gospel and not in place of the gospel. In the course of this, we worship and make music. Like our elder brother. We will sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We will make music. God is not intimidated by instruments contrary to how certain religious people put it. He's not intimidated by the singing and the clapping of hands. He's not intimidated by it because that is not the ministry but it finds expression in the ministry. Let's rightly divide the word of truth. So in the course of this we make, make music. In the course of this we sing and play instruments. In the course of this Like I showed you in Ephesians 5.19, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, Colossians 3.16 and Hebrews 2. In the course of this, we serve the church. In the course of this, we serve one another. That's the ministry we have received. In the course of this, saints are edified. Ephesians 4.12. In the course of this, we are built up as lively stones. In the course of this, this, the lost are reached. With the message of the joy of the love of jesus in the course of this the gospel is advanced across every corner of the earth because people have a people has been found that are willing to imitate the pattern so you see there's nothing that god gave us that he left to chance do you realize that he's so deliberate he's deliberate So in ministry, we imitate the pattern. Is the pattern clear? Is it clear enough? Can we give God praise tonight? This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to so info at thebasiliacommission.org or visit our social media platforms.